Welcome to the podcast, How to Be Well and Strong. I'm your host, Jacqueline Genova, and I'm excited to have you join me as I speak with some of the leading figures in the fields of wellness, integrative medicine, and mental health, as we discover what it truly means to be well and strong in both body and mind. Get ready to be empowered, inspired, and motivated about being an advocate for your own health. Emerging science points to a different way of thinking about chronic illness, including cancer. Rather than divide the body into organs, functional medicine views disease as a systemic problem in which the approach is to treat the system, not the symptom. Join me as I speak with Dr. Keneally as we discuss why cancer rates are at an all-time high, the importance of early detection, alternative screening options, and what an integrative treatment approach truly entails. Dr. Keneally is a true pioneer of integrative medicine. When she first began her practice in Los Angeles 37 years ago, she did so with a registered dietitian. Why? Because she realized long before many of her peers and others in the medical arena that food could and should be used as medicine. Inspired by the famous teachings of nutritionist Adele Davis, Dr. Keneally began instituting lifestyle medicine, an approach that combines not only food, but also Chinese and Ayurvedic herbs, nutritional medicine, cutting-edge treatments, and advanced testing to treat and even reverse disease, including cancer, with the goal of making patients well again. What started as a novel approach in the mid-90s is now understood to be true. We must address the entire biological system, a person's mind, body, and spirit if we want to achieve optimal health. Today, students and medical practitioners from all over the world come to the Center for New Medicine and Cancer Center for Healing, which combined are the largest, most technically advanced integrative and functional medicine clinics in the country, to study and learn about Dr. Keneally's proven holistic approach. She has a large online following via social media and regularly shares her knowledge and findings at conferences nationwide. Her passion for treating the whole person by utilizing several facets of healing is inspiring a new era of wellness that will improve countless individuals' lives in years to come. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Keneally. It's truly an honor to be able to meet you virtually and speak with you. I'm not sure if you recall, but you had contributed one of the very first blog pieces to Well and Strong about three years ago right. when I first started. So we've we've come full circle. Well, great. Well, I'm glad to be a part of everything that you're trying to do. I appreciate you and I appreciate your time today. And I will be honest with you, Dr. Keneally, it took me a solid two hours to write down some of the topics that I wanted to cover with you because you are just such a wealth of information. However, recognizing that we only have an hour, I try to distill them down to what I hope are some of the most perhaps nuanced areas that listeners need the most clarity on, right. myself included. Yeah. Well, we need to talk about cancer prevention and doctors don't know anything about that. Yeah, absolutely, Dr. Keneally. One thing I truly admire about you and this is certainly relevant to the path that you ended up taking, but seeing conventionally trained doctors decide to pursue a more holistic treatment approach in their own clinics. So with that, for listeners who are not familiar with your story, would you share a bit more on what led you to specialize in integrative and functional medicine? So my story started a long time ago. I was born in the 50s, to be specific, 1957. And when I'm number three of six children, and when my mother was pregnant with me, she started bleeding. She went to the doctor and they gave her a medication called DES, diethylstobestrol. And that's a very powerful estrogen. And that was designed to stop the bleeding and prevent the loss of the pregnancy. And so fast forward, my mom delivered me and my parents received a letter when I was a teenager stating that that drug had been given to my mom and that her offspring needed to go into a cancer hospital because what they found from the DES that it was a uh, you know increased risk of cancer in both male and female offspring hormone problems anatomical problems infertility problems. So I started going to MD Anderson when I'm 16 years of age, getting pap smears, biopsies, all these tests. And so anyway, so that led me, okay, I got my, um, you know, finished high school, got my degree in biology, 
and Latin. And then I wanted to go to medical school. And so went to a conventional medical school in Chicago. And then I came out to Harvard General back in 1984. And I was, uh, that's where I did my training. And um, then when I got out of that and opened up my first practice, I met a gentleman doctor who was a pathologist and internist. And he started teaching me a lot about endocrinology. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't even learn about this in my training. Because when you go to a hospital training, you're taking care of like very, very serious situations. You're not taking care of patients like you would see in a day-to-day practice of medicine. So anyway, he showed me a lot of things. Well, fortunately, I grew up in Texas and my mother was very natural, meaning like she nursed us all. And we never used, she never used a jar of baby food for her babies. Didn't you have farm animals as well? Yeah, we had a farm growing up. And so we had a very, my mother served us liver and onions and sauerkraut and both bone broth. And she grind her meat at the table. Back then they had a clamp that they would grind their meat. And so my mother- She was ahead of us all. Yeah. So she was really like, if I wouldn't have grown up like that, I wouldn't know about bone marrow and bone broth, you know, all that stuff, because that's how my mom cooked. And she wasn't a tree hugger type mommy. She was pretty, you know, pretty, you know, evolved and fashionable, you know? And anyway, so I grew up like that. So I grew up like we never went to fast food, never had bakery goods, never had any kind of stuff at home that wasn't like good for us. Okay. So I think, um, and then my whole, my whole life is about how do you prevent cancer? And so I had, I never had two periods in a row in my life. And so in medical school, they put me on the birth control pill. Well, that changed me forever in a negative way. Okay. And so then I found natural progesterone and natural progesterone in an injection. um, And because that's all they had back long time ago. And that saved my life because I would literally go months without having a period. So I'd be in these hyper states, you know, because you're no, you, you were supposed to have a natural rhythm. Well, I didn't have a natural rhythm. And so progesterone uh, regulated me. So I gave myself a shot two times a month because each shot lasted about five or seven days. And, but it changed my life because it would take me out of that hyper state of estrogen And so it was life-saving for me many, many years ago. Well, then I had babies, uh, got pregnant, and that was not easy. I had to, I had, I tell people I had techno babies. I had to go, I tried to do it myself. And then my friend was an OBGYN and I tried to have, take fertility pills. Well, it wasn't working. So I had to go see really uh, very good infertility specialist. And I was lucky to have, you know, two pregnancies, one, one baby. And then I had twins 29 years ago. So when I was going to conference, I mean, from the beginning, I was pretty much kind of natural. Okay. Yeah. Meaning like that was how I approach things. You know, I didn't know what I know now back then, but I slowly just started to just really, you know, really start to look at natural things, everything natural. And then I started going to conferences that were for doctors, medical doctors, but that were more functional medicine oriented. And this was long time ago. Now it's big, but it wasn't big when I was. So it was really small conferences. And so I'm like, oh my God, this just makes sense. Like, why would you use a chemical? And being damaged by a drug, I was so, I was so sensitive I knew that it wasn't the way to take care of things. And so anyway, you know, one step led to another, to another, and where I am today. And I remember years ago, uh, I was at a A4M conference, which is a very big conference in Vegas that they've had for a long time. And I met this guy who had sarcoma 
And sarcoma is a tumor of muscle and bone. And someone had introduced me to him and he's telling me his whole life story. When he was 22, he was diagnosed with sarcoma. They said they were going to amputate. And he says, no, I'm not going to amputate. So he signed out AMA against the amputation and spent the next 11 years traveling the world to unravel his cancer and cure himself of cancer. So I meet him when I'm like, I met him like 24 or five years ago. So I go, okay, I need to learn everything this guy knows. And so I did, started learning everything he knew. And then it's just been, I've just been growing ever since. And so now we combine the best of conventional medicine. When I say conventional medicine, you know, conventional medicine's only been around about a you know, not even a hundred years. And um, we do very thorough, very thorough history and physicals. Like I try to get a history from in utero to where you are now. Okay. And so we do a very comprehensive history on the patient. We figure out what surgeries they've had, what medicine they have, what hospitalization, Everything that's happened to their life up until now, because your body knows everything. Your body keeps score of everything. And so then we ask, how do you live every day? Like, what is your sleep and your water and your eating and your uh, activity and your stress level and what's going on with your teeth? Do you have mercury fillings, root canals or anything like that? So we do like we try to understand everything that's going on with the patient. And then our plan may include scans, very extensive blood work, much more than the conventional doctor does. Um, And it may entail PET scans. It might be CT scans. It might be ultrasounds. It may be, you know, thermogram. It may be all of those testing. Okay. Thermogram, believe it or not, was started before mammography. So people don't realize that. So. Um, anyway, so um, now, you know, so, and then we combine it with the best of all the updated treatments. Like medicine is 20 years behind. I mean, there's something new. There's 1.5 million PubMed articles per year. There's something new about a disease every second. So, so we are trying to study and keep up with the latest, greatest, and our team is amazing at that, constantly learning, constantly striving to provide the best care for the patient and the best answers that are non-injurious and non-immunosuppressive. So if you have to have a biopsy, here's your preparation for the biopsy. If you have a PET scan, here is how do you countermeasure the side effects of radiation. If you need to do chemo, here is your collateral support program so that you can handle chemotherapy. So that is the difference. And our medical profession is all about sick health. It's all about waiting until you have an earthquake. They don't prevent, they're not preemptive, proactive, and personalized about anything. And so we have to change because we're spending 4.3 trillion, expected to be 5.1. We can't just have sick society. Then we're going to have a sick United States. So all of us have got to take inventory of ourselves, partner with a doctor who truly knows how to get you healthy. We have to take responsibility for how we live every day, right? And then invest in our health. We have to invest in our health. In today's world, we're living in the great poisoning. So we have to take more important measures today to prevent disease than ever before. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with all of that. Your story is truly incredible. And I, I love stories like that because your pain became your purpose. And some of the most successful people, not only in the health space, but in life are folks who do just that, right? They use their pain to help others. And I know that one practice you employ is early testing. And given that a majority of my listeners are young females, I'd love to touch on that topic to start. So I also know, though, that the screenings you advocate for are not necessarily the same as what most conventional doctors use. You highlighted thermography earlier. And for listeners, 
mammograms do come with risk, right? right? You know this very well, Dr. Keneally. I mean, they not only expose the breast to radiation, which does add up over time, but there's also a good deal of research that's shown mammography can cause trauma to tissue that can actually accelerate the development of any tumor that may be present. And when I learned that, it was it was incredibly frightening. I mean, I'm 28. I have not had a mammogram yet, but that makes me want to stay very clear of them. Let's talk about screening for young people. So the only screening for young people is for females, a pap smear. Okay. And for a male, there's nothing. So for females, it's a pap smear until you're 40, and then they start breast imaging, which they they endorse mammography, and they don't regularly do ultrasound as a prereq, you know, as a requirement at all. So that is not going to work. Okay, they don't and they don't introduce colon screening until 45 even though a lot of the patients are 30-year-olds. So it's kind of funny. They, they say that we're having an increase in colon cancer, but they decreased the colon evaluation from 50 to 45, but all the patients are less than that. So there is no screening for young people other than what I said, pep smears for female and nothing for males. So if you were to go to a regular doctor... First of all, a regular doctor is going to say, oh, you're young. You don't need to worry. Well, that's not true because cancer is one in two people. It's the number one killer from people one to 85. And cancer rates in young people are increasing. So we can't say that. I used to say we have a warranty until you're 40. But now I can't say that because I have patients here who are 30 with brain cancer, patients who are Uh, 30 with breast cancer, patients here that are colon cancer, so that are in their 30s. So I can't say that you have a warranty until you're 40. Why do you think cancer rates are so significantly on the rise for younger populations? I think an incredible amount of uh, toxicity now, way more ever than the history of man. And it's not going to change. And no matter what kind of things they enact in the United States. The United States is only 5% of the world population. So if all the countries don't agree on, you know, doing something about reduced use of toxicity, we're not going to have a change, okay? And no one's going, 8 billion people are not going to agree. So that means, what it means is you got to take your health in your own hands. You got to take charge, an inventory of your health, and learn everything you can through podcasts and books and take action and partner with a practitioner that's very well schooled because like what patients constantly tell me that, you know, they went to their doctor and they were okay. You got to go to a doctor who, who knows all of the things that a patient needs to do. So what does that look like? Well, one, like I had a patient today The daughters came in and the wife came in of the father who has prostate cancer. So they all wanted to do a screening to prevent cancer, you know. So what does that look like? Well, very good comprehensive blood test, okay, which includes, you know, comprehensive metabolic panel, CBC, iron, ferritin, because a lot of people have elevated ferritin, which is over storage of iron. Then you got to check your hemoglobin A1C, which is a reflection of your sugar over 90 days, a C-reactive protein, which is a non-specific marker for inflammation, vitamin D, DHEA sulfate levels, because DHEA sulfate is part of your immune system. It's your immune, uh, your immune and anti-aging and you know um, prevention, you know hormone. Okay, and then um, you should check your hormones in general because, you know, men, young men have low testosterone levels today, uh, not just today, but for the last 25 years, they've had decreasing levels of low testosterone, which affects the physiology of your entire body. And women have 
also similar things. They have similar hormonal problems because so many chemicals and toxins are influencing the entire endocrine system. For example, phthalates and BPA. So then we, if you want to do any body imaging thermogram, you can do for females. Okay. You can do ultrasounds. You could do like a whole body ultrasound, which is not expensive. It's very inexpensive. You can look at, you know, your thyroid, your breast, your liver, gallbladder, pancreas, and spleen. So those are lots of good organs you can look at. And then the pelvis looks at your pelvis, you know, your ultrasound of your uterus and ovaries and males. Uh, they can look at different, you know, your the prostate, do, it a, do a, you know, ultrasound of their prostate. So there's lots of good testing. Then I order a liquid biopsy. So the labs that do good liquid biopsies are RGCC and DATAR, D-A-T-A-R. RGCC is out of Switzerland and Greece, and they're probably the oldest lab. And they have Mm -hmm. a a blood test that you can do called Oncotrace, which is a liquid biopsy. And then DATAR, D-A-T-A-R, also does a liquid biopsy. What are your thoughts on Signatera? Well, Signatera is good. That's only used if you've had cancer. So that Signatera is circulating tumor DNA. The RGCC and DATAR look for circulating tumor cells. What's the difference is circulating tumor DNA is DNA from the original tumor. So it's very likely you might not have, that would be negative, even if you, but you could still have circulating tumor cells. And you have to have pathology tissue in order to do Signatera. So, but that's a relatively new test. It was originally came out for colon cancer, and now they're doing it for all cancers. So where you you do that a lot. So if you've had a history of breast cancer and you want to make sure that nothing's going on, you would do the Signatera every month or every three months. I make a decision depending on the patient, the aggression of the cancer and everything. And then the thing that I learned from my mentor who had sarcoma is you have acupuncture points all over your body. So I take the top 50 acupuncture points and every point is like a wire or a string of pearls to the rest of the body. And so it looks at what's impeding your acupuncture meridians, all right? Is it toxins? Is it yeast? Is it parasites? Is it stress? Whatever, right? Then it will also give me the timeline for cancer called the cancer cascade. And a lot of people have problems with understanding energy, but and because I did. When I first started doing this, I was like, whoa, this is really way out there, right? Well, now everybody talks about energy, right? Right. We know that everything in the universe vibrates at a certain vibrational frequency, correct? And so everything you buy and eat vibrates at a vibrational frequency. Every vitamin does, every bug does. So people don't understand that everything has an energetic, you know, output. Just like if that's how dolphins, when they swim in the ocean, they sense energy, right? So So we just have a hard time with energy. Your heart, the EKG is an electrical rhythm, right? Your brain, how they determine brain dead is EEG has no electrical output. Your nervous system is all an electrical output. So I always tell people, really, there's books written on energy and the science of it and everything. And it's like, you got to take a deep dive. But this tells me if you enter in something called the cancer cascade. So the cancer cascade is a timeline. So we know that from one cancer cell to tumor formation is 10 years. So we can look to see if you entered into the 10-year timeline. We don't want to wait until you develop a lump or bump, right? We want to prevent the lump and bump because we know what is the arena for cancer? The arena for cancer is blood supply, toxicity, acidity, immune, immune suppression, 
and deficiency in pancreatic enzymes because pancreatic enzymes clean up garbage out of the body. So we know when we look at, do you need pancreatic enzymes? Do you need something to cut off blood supply? Because how does cancer start? Cancer starts with one abnormal cell in the right conditions. And what is the tumor microenvironment? It's stress, it's toxicity, heavy metals, uh, you know, all the poisons and toxins in the, you know, in the universe. Okay. There's no safe level of toxins in your body, right? Your body wasn't designed to have heavy metals and toxicity. And then so many people take antibiotics. So what happens when you take antibiotics? You kill your microbiome. And what can you grow? You can grow yeast and fungus. Okay. So yeast and fungus is the same kind of environment as cancer, sugary, low oxygen and acidity. Because when you, when you have a lot of toxins and lots of bugs, your body becomes acidic because we have this perfect pH 7.43 that our body's, you know, supposed to be in. And when we get acidifying body from what you eat, the bugs that we grow, the toxins that we store and the stress that we have in our life, makes our body acidic. And then we have this perfect environment for cancer. So we want to know if we're in the cancer terrain or cancer tumor microenvironment, because we cannot continue to diagnose cancer patients. We cannot. It is out of control. Okay. I was reading an article just yesterday that there's a new class of drugs called immunotherapy, Keytruda and Optivo. What they do is they put the brakes on the immune system so your immune system stops and tries to get the cancer cell. Okay, so I'm like, and they said, if we keep using this drug, it costs about $200,000 to $400,000 for a year. Well, how are we, we can't afford it. We can't afford it, but we can afford to prevent cancer. We can afford that. We can afford to continually take care of sick babies, sick elementary kids, sick teenagers, sick young adults, and sick old adults. We can't. So everybody has to do their part. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Dr. Kelly. I mean, I wrote a thesis as an undergrad, essentially on the need for a new integrative approach to cancer treatment. And it was just astounding the stats that I I had learned about the amount of money we spend in terms of cancer drugs, yet the rates have, have just been increasing, right? We're clearly not doing something right. And I think, you know, we look at other countries like Germany and Mexico and doctors who are using hyperthermia and mistletoe, they are light years ahead yeah. of us, right? Like we're trying to develop- yeah, we're trying to develop these immune-targeted drugs like Keytruda, but mistletoe is essentially a natural immune immunomodulator, right? right? So, and it's it doesn't hurt you. It's non-toxic. And the immunotherapy only works in 20 to 30% of patients. Exactly. Okay. So they all these patients are taking it, and there's only a 20, 30% chance it's going to work. Well, what else are you doing to make sure some other things are working? So, and you're right, like, you know, like mistletoe, you know, you have all these other things that, um, you know, we can be implementing for you to fight the cancer. But I always tell people the cure for cancer, again, is prevention, prevention, prevention. And, you know, there's something wrong that in 100 years that we haven't cured one chronic degenerative disease, not one. Every disease is exploding. Alzheimer's, cancer, heart disease, all everything is just exploding, exploding, exploding. Going back to the to the screening, I even read a recent study that found thermography to be almost at par with mammography. I think the accuracy percentages were like 96 versus 98, and it also stated that thermography was found to have much better accuracy in identifying benign cases from malignant ones. So why is it that despite all of the evidence pointing towards why thermography is a safer screening option than mammograms, the conventional approach today still insists that it should not be used as a substitute? So thermograms started in 1956. uh, Mammography started in 1980, I want to see 83 or 84. So thermography has been around for a long time. 
All right. And so the difference is mammography can find calcifications. Ultrasound finds lumps and bumps and thermography shows blood supply. And cancer is a blood supply. They, they need blood supply to stay alive, right? So, but all of that is going to change because we have brand new breast imaging coming, okay? Well, it's already around, but it's not everywhere yet. So it's called QT technology. And QT is the breasts are going to be bathed in water and sound waves run through it. And it's very, very, it's going to replace mammography and MRIs and everything because it's so, so it's been FDA approved already. It has a CPT code already and um, it will, you know, it's going to be, um, you know, it's already going to be, uh, there's a couple of locations already and that's going to be. So there's a great book that if people want to read about mammography, it's called Truth, Lies, and Controversy by Dr. Peter Gaucher. So Dr. Peter Gaucher is a medical doctor from Denmark, and he started the Cochrane Collaboration Group, which is the uh, organization that examines literature all over the world to see what works and what doesn't work. So he worked, he wrote that book, And for every 10,000 mammograms, you save one life. So you're not saving lives. So, and mammograms are radiation, not to mention injurious when you get them done. And so um, I know for right the second, it's the standard of care, what every patient needs to know what the standard of care is. But our standard of care needs to change because our standard of care of evaluation is not working. Okay, so we practice at least the standard of care, but we go beyond the standard of care because, you know, like your phone, well, you're too young, but when your cell phone came out a long time ago, when I had my first cell phone when I'm in my 30s, okay, and um, it, it sat in your car like a, it had a trunk to it, and all it did was you could call or receive, nothing else. So now your cell phone is in in your hand and can do a jillion functions, okay? So medicine, though, hasn't gotten better and changed, right? We're still practicing old medicine. And actually, some of the old drugs are better than the new drugs, okay? But we need to be changing our entire medical paradigm to be proactive, preemptive, preventive, personalized in the way we're taking care of patients. Because there's no one like you, okay? Everyone is what we call N of one. You're your own clinical trial because no one is alike. And we want to homogenize and treat everyone the same, and we're not. We do know, though, there's basic things that help us survive and thrive. And that is keeping your stress down, eating foods that nourish, strengthen, and heal your body. So that means get off of all of the fast foods, chemical foods, box foods, everything that has a big label, okay? Drink purified water. Move the 800 muscles in your body. Ground every day if you have technology, phones and all that, phones and iPads, which everybody does, and then they go through walls and everything. But I think one of the biggest influences that young people have today is incredible exposure to electromagnetic fields. Everybody's on a computer. Everybody has a cell phone. And granted, don't get me wrong, I love that I can quickly, you know, text somebody or call somebody, okay? But we have to use it as a tool. It's a technology that's used as a tool. It can't be part of your part of your you know body. Okay, like teenagers, it's their appendage is part of their body. Okay, we can't have that. Okay, we have. And then if you're going to use that, then you've got to really take the necessary things 
like magnesium and hydrogen water and ground every day on a natural surface like sand or dirt or grass, be out in nature every day, you know, you're going to have to do, take these measures. Civilization is killing us. Okay. And so we have so much air pollution, water pollution, food pollution that, you know, all of us have to live a different way today. And unfortunately, it's taking the canaries in the mine, which are the 30-year-olds with cancer, or the young people that are so sick today, they should be perfectly okay, theoretically. If we're so advanced in our society, why isn't everybody a Navy SEAL and a genius? Correct? Because we have the knowledge. I mean, we have all The world has the knowledge on how to be healthy. And I mean, if you don't just take the U.S., we have to take the world for information. The U.S., as I said, is 5% of the population. We need to learn from our history what worked 70 years ago with people, right? Look, there was a lot of brilliant people 100, 200 years ago. But the society, why are we regressing? Why are we having deconstruction of humanity today with every, with everybody being unhealthy? No, this is not okay. And why, why isn't everybody taking a stand? And why is everybody normalizing illnesses? Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to have this. I, you know, you're, you, I have IBS. I have Crohn's. I have this. I have that. I, what? That is not normal. It's not. And it's sad that that's what people have become used to, right? I feel like, especially in the health space, I mean, there's this all or nothing approach where it's either you're all in or you're all out, right? And if you go and eat a cupcake, let's just slash the other three (laughs) tires, right? But I think that, you know, to your point earlier about, sure, like we have a toxic environment. There's nothing we can necessarily do about that. That's the nature of the world. Right. We can take protective measures, right? So to the point about radiation, like my phone has a safe sleeve case. And whenever I'm on my laptop, I use a Defender Shield laptop radiation blocking pad. Yeah, so right. there are ways and things, you know, to do to help mitigate, e.g. sweating. You have to. Okay. And you're right. They There are so many resources like... The, the best thing you can do, like I was just saying, I didn't talk about detox baths of Epsom salt, baking soda, and clay. Like you might not be able to afford a sauna, but you can afford these other things. You know, Epsom salts, baking soda, and clay is inexpensive. You said sweating. Even if you go and exercise and sweat, that is better than nothing. Okay. So there's lots of great things that you can do to that aren't expensive. Because the price to pay for being sick, I tell everybody, if you want to come and spend a couple of days with me at the clinic, you would do, you would, you would do what, what we know is, is, is proactive and preventive. And like you were just saying, you've developed. And the problem is we're not educating, you know, like if a company comes out, they should be educating us. Well, of course, your cell phone is carcinogenic, so you might want to have a Faraday sleeve in your pocket to protect yourself. Why don't they do that? And you don't see blueberries and broccoli advertised on television or in a magazine. They have food, fake food and junk food and processed foods and so many chemicals. You know, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because all companies can make good products. Amen to all of that. And quite honestly, that's the reason why I started Well and Strong. My mission statement is literally to encourage readers to be advocates of their own health because you have to be your own advocate. You can't trust your doctor. You can't trust the news. You can't right. trust even PubMed sometimes. Exactly. You don't know who's sponsoring the studies. So you have to do your own due diligence. That's exactly be right. Because if we look at the random double blind randomized clinical trials, they're usually paid for by somebody. So one of my mentors said, follow the money. Yeah. So we all, like you said, you have to get educated. I will tell you a story, very interesting story. I had a lady doctor, she's only 34. And I looked at her, you know, who she was, and she's a medical doctor, and she works at Kaiser. And I'm like, wow, does she know what we do here? Because Kaiser is a conventional system and so forth. So anyway, I go in to meet her. And so I said, so um, 
you know that we are an integrative facility and um, we do things very differently. She goes, yeah, that's why I'm here. And I said, well, how did you, how as a medical doctor, did you get interested? She goes, well, I was on Instagram and I was looking at all the doctors saying all these things. And then I said, I'm going to prove them wrong. Well, in her quest to prove us wrong, she said, oh my God, everything I've been taught is a lie. And she had melanoma, and which is very unusual at a young age to have already melanoma. Anyway, because uh, young people are getting melanoma, I notice a lot too. Our youngest patient is 18. Yes, and, and melanoma is not caused from the sun. It's an internal storm. So people think it's from the sun. Basal cell and squamous cell is from the sun, but not melanoma. So anyway... People are starting, starting because look, there's health podcasts, there's books, there's lots of resources to educate yourself, correct? And everyone should be questioning everything, looking at everything, reading everything, read your cell phone info. It says it's in there, it's carcinogenic, okay? Read the food that you're buying. Think about everything. Don't take everything as, oh, it's okay. Make sure everything's okay. Absolutely. And Dr. Keneally, so you have this incredible cancer clinic out in California. You do all these different integrative therapies. But I am curious, if you could maybe distill it down to like two or three that you've seen be most effective in some of the patients you've treated, what what would they be? Would it be high-dose IVC, off-label drugs, hyperthermia? I mean, you've, you've seen so much in your patients. I'm just curious. We do chemotherapy here. We do fractionated chemotherapy here. But when, you, when, you, when you've been diagnosed with cancer, it's not something you negotiate with. So you, just, you have to decide, I've got to change my mind, get rid of my stress. I've got to de-purify my body. I have got to get my nutrients under control, get rid of the viruses, bacteria, fungi, and parasites, because those all contribute to cancer directly or indirectly. And there are very inexpensive things to do that. You might want to use repurposed drugs in the cancer. I haven't always used them, but they can be beneficial. And those drugs are very cheap because they've been around for very long time. They're all generic and they, they're very inexpensive. Um, then I would say if I had to choose a treatment here, because they all do different things, we have, you know, many different IVs, IV vitamin C, IV artisanate, IV curcumin. So if I have a stage four, I do everything on them, everything. Because stage four requires you know, doing a hundred things because you can't rely on chemotherapy. Chemotherapy only works some of the time. People think that chemotherapy, you just take chemotherapy and everything's going to shrink. Well, no, chemotherapy. And if you have high phthalates and high BPA, you have high chemo resistance. So, so theoretically, you should be drastically detoxing your body while you, and let's say your chemotherapy is emergent, then, you know, you've got to be detoxing at the same time you're doing the chemotherapy because of the high chemo resistance with phthalates. Most doctors don't even know that. Okay. So, and then um, if your body doesn't have energy, Jacqueline, so your body has to have voltage. So let's say I get a hammer and I hit your hand and injure your hand. Well, you're going to need minus 50 millivolts to heal that hand. But if you don't have energy, you can't heal. So your body is like this. Every cell has like a battery and you've got to have at least minus 25 volts for it to maintain its energy. So what steals your energy? Stress, heavy metals, bugs, tattoos chemotherapy, x-rays, and all kinds of imaging, all those things steal your voltage. Scars, like if you've had scars, 
they block the energy pathways. So I, I would say the most important thing is to get voltage every day. So the cheap way to get voltage is to be around, to be on the ground, sand, dirt, grass with running water. Okay. So, I mean, we use devices here like pulsed electromagnetic field, lots of, lots of voltage to the body. We use something called the biocharger. We use something called the biomodulator. So because the patient's been sick for 10 years, we've got to just do everything to awaken and he- turn on the healing process of the body, right? Do you see what I'm saying? So like if you said, okay, what is the one ingredient you'd need to make chocolate chip cookies? You need everything. And that's just chocolate chip cookies, which are relatively easy to make. Yes, there's 100 million varieties of of chocolate chip cookies. I mean, everybody has their version, right? Every person on the universe has their version. But that's how complicated. We are trillions of cells. And you're not living in a Petri dish and the doctor is controlling everything. You're living in and of this world. And so... You've got to create this healing sanctuary at your house, wherever, hopefully at your work too, that we've all got to be on the same page. I believe my, you know, my, one of my missions is like a create healing community centers everywhere, you know, and, and everybody contribute because self-care is the new health care. You can't, we're not getting well with the system, Correct. I mean, if everybody knows something different, I'm more than happy to 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 entertain anything. But I've been practicing a very long time and I'm no spring chicken myself. And I've had many detours in my life. OK, I mean, many detours health wise that were all caused. Everything was caused by the DES, except one thing. When I delivered my twins, I went into shock because they delivered one emergency, one naturally and one emergency C-section. And I went into shock and I was sick for years until I got a pituitary transplant. So I know what it's like to be sick. I'm not talking here because I was given a, you know, primrose path. I've been through many, 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 and I've never used the conventional system because when I did use the conventional system, the doctor had me on a dozen drugs. I relate to that so much. I mean, even in my mom's journey, like there there are so many things that I wish we had done differently, right? But hindsight's 2020. We can't change the past. We can just learn from it. But in my experience, everything that has helped her have been therapies that support the right. body's own ability to heal, right? Yes. And Chris Work, I, I love Chris. I had him on the show a few weeks ago too. I know you've done a ton of work with him. One of his quotes is that, you know, your body created cancer, right? And if your body created a condition or a disease that also has the ability to heal it when given the right things and put in the right environment. And I stand by that a hundred percent. And if you look at all these integrative therapies that we've been discussing, they do just that. They're not necessarily targeting some type of mutation in the cancer that will essentially mutate again, right? They're targeting like your body's own immune system and your ability to kill foreign cells that, you know, it's just recognizing the inherent brilliance of our body is what it comes down to. And if everyone would just honor that, but we need to all be good stewards of the miracle that we get to enjoy to live with. Because, you know, when something happens, people want to blame it on something else, but it all starts with our daily intention and execution of a well-lived life. I've always been curious, how do you manage your own self-care? Because you are caring for so many people. And I just, I can tell the type of person you are, like you have a heart, you want to help everyone. And I know that I can be the same way. And sometimes I realize, am I giving more to others than I'm giving to myself? And at what point do you, do you draw the line? I have to, because a patient actually asked me that. My first new patient today uh, would ask me that too. Uh, well, first of all, I believe what I do to today is about my vocation. So my vacation is my vocation. Okay. And, and so I feel like God planted the seed and I need to do it, but I also have to take care of myself. So I always get a good night's sleep. 
I always do healing affirmations from the time I wake up till the time I go to bed. Okay. I eat well all the time. Do am I perfect? No. Friday night, we had our Christmas party. They serve French fries and obviously really good food. It was at a time. And it was, you know, but I, one of the things I like is French fries. Okay. So do I have French fries once in a while? Yes. Okay. But I know how to get back on track the very next day. Okay. And um, I exercise. I wake up at 545 to go to the gym and exercise. I have an infrared sauna. Luckily, I live close to the beach. So I go ground on the beach. When I come in in the morning, I have a meeting. I do biomodulator, which is the 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 little device that I told you that charges your body. So I do that. And and I try to do like multitask a lot of times. I always on the weekend recharge. Okay. I get body work. I get a massage once a week. And I go because of my 18 hours of back surgery four years ago from the scoliosis caused by the DES. I go see, I get body work and physical therapy. Um, and so I do do self-care. I do. And I do work five days a week. Okay. But I want everyone to know what I know. I want everyone to be able to take charge and take inventory of their life and start changing their life right now. So that's why I won't stop. Well, Dr. Keneally, you're, you're truly an incredible woman. I know we are nearing on the hour and I do want to be conscious of your time. So where can listeners find you? Yeah, well, the best thing is to go to MD on Instagram and then MD website uh, that will find everything. And then really they can read my book and just start implementing those simple things little by little. Don't try to do everything in one day. Take your time. Give yourself a year to start transforming your life. Yeah. It's a marathon, not a sprint, right? That's right. And my last question for you is, what does being well and strong mean to you? Oh, waking up every day and saying, this is going to be the best day ever. I love that, Dr. Keneally. Well, thank you so much again for your time, for all you do in this space. And I'm incredibly excited to share this episode with listeners. I know it's going to bless so many people. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to support the show, please subscribe, leave a rating and review, and share it with others. Be sure to visit wellandstrong.com to access notes from the show and to stay current with new content. I'm so grateful you joined me. Be well and be strong. Be well and be strong.